think the one thing that was most, um, I won't call it shocking, I'll call it interesting, um, is that we, I was able to learn something from each person in the group, what they were going through. I could relate to it. I could learn something from the, from what their growth was, what they had, their aha moments. And also they were able to learn something from me. Um, and so, you know, we were able to pour into each other's cups uh, in a way that, you know, when you're lonely and you don't have anyone pouring into you, um, you're constantly pouring out. It was refreshing uh, to be able to to be amongst a tribe of women who were pouring into me um, as I was pouring into them as well. So I think for me, that was probably the most interesting aspect is to just like, oh God, I'm not dry like the desert. Somebody then gave me a drop of water. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, oh, and it tastes so sweet. <laughs> Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over 10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to Why She's Winning. I'm your host, Krista Rutherford. Sorry for being two minutes late. We had some uh, Bob the Builders in the background. I had to go and ask some cease and desist. But anyway, I am here with my phenomenal, fabulous, amazing, travel-ready, executive-level, free unicorn riding, um, joyous, Praise the Lord, hallelujah, Dana Cox. Dana Cox, are you ready, Dana? I'm ready, I'm ready. Dana is the Senior Vice President of Global Delivery Enablement at MasterCard. She is a global team of professionals who interface with product and engineering teams to support product design, improve the customer onboarding methodologies, as well as define and document the implementation process for the customer-facing regional delivery teams. Before this role, Dana led the core product delivery vertical within North America. She oversaw the delivery of MasterCard core, loyalty, and gateway offerings. In this role, Dana drove 396.8 million, 270 billion, what's that GDV? What's that GDV? Gross domestic volume. Gross domestic volume in net revenue and a 105.3% increase in conversions. Y'all see she's taking credit for all the points. I love that. Yes, yes. all of it. She led first time deployments of new MasterCard product services and technologies, generating a 366.7% boost in introducing new core products and strategic enhancements to enable and to existing product launches. Oh, Lord. This might be the longest bio I ever read. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> My, it's yeah. not. It might be longer than mine. All right. Okay. Uh, Dana has an MBA with high honors from Cardinal. Where is what is that? Cardinal Stritch University. What is that? What is it's that? Wisconsin in the Midwest. Where Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yes. Okay. That Where I'm from. Don't look. I'm not Wisconsin. I haven't heard of that. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Cardinal Stritch. <laughs> And a Bachelor of Science in Business with high honors from Upper Iowa University. Iowa and Wisconsin, Dana. Yeah. I, is there diversity there? Yes. Okay. Okay, great. 
Dana is also the co-founder and CEO of Cox Travel Adventures, LLC, which focuses on cultivating luxury travel experiences for individuals, families, infinity groups, and retreats that support both economic and socio-cultural sustainability by trying to stick to locally owned businesses when shopping or dining, ensuring when exploring the region guides and others involved are locals and paid a fair wage, supporting the preservation of local traditions by exposing our clients to cultural practices and customs. She serves on the Connecticut Main Street Center Board of Directors and Stewardship Committee and is a custom collaborative board of directors member. She has energy and engagement for people in their work, a passion for delivering excellence to customers, and an obsession with developing others. She leads with a strong understanding of the correlation between relationship and results. Oh, that's it. Interview's over. Dana's... <laughs> you tired? Hey, hey, I, I had to cut it. I didn't even read the whole bio. I was over. Welcome, Dana. <laughs> All this goodness on the line. Whoa. <sighs> All right. So, welcome, Dana. How, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Christy? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. You got the you got the Eagle crew on here. Of course, they're coming for you. So, um, all right. So, Dana. Yes. yes. What was going on with you when you were thinking about <laughs> you have to say the universe between two cow patches? What was going on with you when you decided to reach out to us and uh, you know and 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 talk to us? What what was going on? Um, interesting enough, Christy, I knew something was going on, right? So, um, had gone through a lot of loss recently. Um having lost my dad during COVID, not to COVID, but during that period of time, um, he had not been well for some time. And then um, about a year later, my grandmother um, passed away. Um, and that was unexpected. And that really kind of rocked my core, um, my foundation, if you will. And I was, but my normal, I went into my normal process of just doing, right? Got on plane, went to be with family, helping to plan things, putting things together, just working through it because the work has to get done. Um, but never really giving myself permission to um, process the loss. And that caught up with me. <laughs> it caught up with me in a big way. Um, and when you're leading a team, it takes a lot of energy in order to I'll say be on, right? Be try to show up and be fully present and all those things. And I just found for myself that I was, it was taking a lot out of me. So I shut down and, you know, it some nights not even eat dinner and just go straight to bed. So I have enough energy to do it all over again. So and that wasn't living. So I knew I needed to do something. We lost Christy, y'all. <laughs> Normally, I think this is the other way around. Uh -uh, what, what just happened? Can y'all hear me? Because I unplugged everything. You know, I got cameras and lights and stuff plugged in. Boom! Everything had to go. All right. Now now that we got that out of the way, welcome, everybody. You know, hey, we, we just got some glitches over here. <laughs> Robin say if you if we didn't hear it, if you did. So, all right. You were, so this was January of this year. January 2022. 2022, yeah. Yeah. So basically, was it everything has started to snowball or 
were you like, you know, at the beginning of the year, I'm finally going to do something about it. So which, which one was it? Did, did you get to a point you can take it anymore? Or did you say, you know what, I want to do something different? I got to a point where I needed to do something different. Yeah, it, it was the whole just get up, do the work, go to bed. And, you know, things were catching up with me. It just seemed like there was not enough time to get everything done. And I was just like, screw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what, so you ended up joining us on the, uh, on the event, the five hour event that Leander talked about, you know, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So what was, I would say, what was most shocking to learn about yourself, um, you know, during the time that I was talking on that event and I'm gonna plug on my light while you talk. Go ahead. On, on that event, I think the one thing that was like the most shocking or was the aha for me wasn't necessarily necessarily what I learned about me. I just learned that I wasn't by myself and and that there were other women out there in the world that were experiencing similar type of things. And um, so it just was like, okay, there's a tribe. Uh, <laughs> there's a tribe. Oh my goodness, I found my tribe. <laughs> Somebody to understand me, somebody to see me. Where do I sign up? Uh, pretty much. You know, I tell people all the time, look, this piece right here. Just get the scissors. Just cut it. <laughs> Just cut it. That's what I did. Just cut it. <laughs> this interview will be so good, y'all. Y'all see everything popping, that little curl right there in the front, camera going out, microphone. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. We're going to get it right. We'll get it together. So, Robin said, you don't need a light. You are the light. Yes. All right, Robin. So here's the thing about leadership, because you're you're the bomb. You know, you took up the first 15 minutes of an interview with that uh, with that bio. What? What a lot of women don't realize, and I imploded in my head first in my career, we implode in our heads first because we think we by ourselves. And so my goal once I got my life back right, was to create a, a tribe, like you say, and be like, girl, you're not by yourself. We don't have to suffer in senior leadership. So you are the blah, blah, blah for the blah, blah, blah of the blah, blah, blah. We read it already. That's, that was for the end. And you're suffering at home, but you have to show up every day as a leader. And so, and then you have to show up for the people at home, even with loss, even with multiple losses, which let's face it, everybody's going to go through something. And we can't, as the, you know, one of the senior leaders and executive leaders in an organization, you can't show up broken at any point. You can't show up weak at any point. You can't show up vulnerable at any point. And that pressure is tremendous. So talk a little bit more about that, because I want you to, you know, you're, you're expressing where I was, where Leandra was, where Robin mm -hmm. was, where, you know, where you are. So talk a little bit more about, I would say, the silent suffering that we endure as women in leadership uh, in executive levels. You know, you have to, you, you don't, you're not in a position to bring your full authentic self, right? You have to um, be there to catch other people. You have to be a soft place for other people to land when they're going through struggles. You're there for your team. You are coaching them through, um, you know, challenges. You're coaching them up when they're feeling low, you're constantly pouring into the cups of other people, but no one's pouring into your cup. And so you get depleted, you're running on fumes. And, you know, that's the part that no one sees, but yet you have a smile on your face. <laughs> you got to smile your way through it. Um, and hopefully, you know, you know, face plant in the process, yeah. um, but or lose it in a meeting, you know, or something like that, because there have been 
You can you can get tried and tested <laughs> on many occasions. Yes, ma'am. You be like this. You look um I gotta go to the bathroom because somebody about to get it in this meeting. Either we either they get it or they're about to get it or we have to leave. So what was most surprising to you about you know learning that you weren't by yourself and when you joined us because we do group we don't do christian brotherhood don't do one-on-one anymore don't ask me i don't do it because because we're so lonely we don't need one-on-one and and the thing about you know the women who want one-on-one is that we're trying to hide our secrets not knowing that there are other women who are just like you so what was most shocking to you when you end up getting into the eagle crew like you know getting into the tribe and a group of women what was, I would say, most, uh, you know, shocking to you and most comforting to you about that? I think the one thing that was most, um, I won't call it shocking, I'll call it interesting, um, is that we, I was able to learn something from each person in the group. What they were going through, I could relate to it. I could learn something from the from what their growth was, what they had, their aha moments. And also they were able to learn something from me. Um, and so, you know, we were able to pour into each other's cups uh, in a way that, you know, when you're lonely and you don't have anyone pouring into you, um, you're constantly pouring out. It was refreshing uh, to be able to to be amongst a tribe of women who were pouring into me um, as I was pouring into them as well. So I think for me, that was probably the most interesting aspect is to just like, oh God, I'm not dry like the desert. Somebody then gave me a drop of water. Hallelujah. It's like, oh, and it tastes so sweet. <laughs> so here's the thing. We walking around empty, depleted. Dana, thinking that we secretly bitter. Oh no, baby, it ain't no secret. We, we think we hiding it. We think we're hiding the bitterness and the resentment and the emptiness and people know, but they won't stop asking. And I remember, you know, getting on the other side after I burned out and cracked up. And and, I, and once I started to get my mom back, right, I said, you know what? I was so, my cup was so dry. People had a squeegee talking about, but can I get, <laughs> I have nothing left. And they said, but I know you got something there. Please give it to me. Dust. And the problem is we're giving, 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 doing, doing, doing you know, and doing all these things for everybody. We leave nothing and we give nothing for ourselves. And I think it becomes a point of, even if people do try to pour, we just require a different octane at the top. Mm -hmm. No, very true. And here's, I'll say this, right? I've also learned the difference between, I've learned, I won't call it a difference. I've understand, come to an understanding of what true self-care is. And it's not getting a massage because I've been getting a massage, two hour massage, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, every other week for a mighty long time. I still, still dry and dusty. Uh, yeah. That was not saving my soul. Uh, that was not filling my cup. It worked out my kinks. But two weeks later, the same kinks in my neck and in my back and my shoulder and all those things were right back there because you carry so much of that in your body. It's a cellular thing. It's not just, you know, on the surface. But I don't stop the massages. Keep getting the massages now. <laughs> I used to get three 90-minute and two-hour massages a month. Calling that self-care, but I was, but I was managing my brokenness. I wasn't healing it. You know, I was, I was, I was 
managing and expecting stress and i need y'all to work the stuff out this week because on monday it's going to be a whole new pilot ish that i'm gonna have to deal with so i need y'all to extract some of the stuff out but i was never healing it i was never letting go of the baggage i'm just trying to have them push some of the baggage out of the way so i can now expect new baggage to come in so that ain't self-care that's insanity right exactly <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your definition let's talk about self-care because people always say self-care ain't selfish what is your what was your self your definition of self-care before january and what's your definition of self-care today my definition before january was i thought i was doing it like yoga and getting my massages i'm like oh i'm taking care of me yeah no that was not taking care that's <laughs> not taking care of me for me right now, self-care is doing things that actually bring joy to my soul and, and really being happy and with the things that doing the things that make me happy. And if they don't make me happy, being okay with saying no um, and period, no period, not no and, not no but, <laughs> just no period. Um, because I also think, you know, prior to January, it, it was for me, I felt like I had to have an explanation for the why behind, why I didn't want to do that, why, why I was saying no to that, why I wasn't going to that. And I don't owe anybody an explanation for anything other than myself. No period is a sentence all by itself. And I had to get comfortable with just giving that as an answer. You know, what's was interesting, and, and I don't know, if we're, we're going to get to the point, y'all. We're going to get that because we on something else. Dana's like, we, we, we just spun all the way over here. We're going to bring it back, y'all. We're going to bring it back. Y'all rock with us. Nicole just put, you know, prayer, meditation, walking, journaling, therapy. That's kind of like self-care, but that's the that's the surface stuff that people tell us to do. And we still crazy. Like, we did all of that. It's, it goes a little deeper than that. So you talked about one key thing. And really, I think it's two. One, acknowledging that something was going on. That's mm -hmm. self-care. You got to acknowledge that you're drowning. You got to acknowledge that you're a little crazy. You have to acknowledge that you're empty. And we're not willing to do that because our, our professional brands are so strong. We can't acknowledge that our soul is, is empty. We and can't acknowledge that we're dry. Go ahead. And, and not just that, I think also you have the, uh, the personal side, right? Your families are looking at you and, and you're, in some cases, you're the one, right? You're the one. So you can't be broken. Mm -hmm. You can't have an issue. You, you, you can't have anything wrong. You can't not know how to navigate this situation. You have to know. If anybody knows, you have to know. And so you have that responsibility on the other side as well. Yeah, you know, to, to be a lot of us are first gen, you know, first generation college student, first generation, you know, whose parents came from a different country. We're not prepared to 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 navigate the treachery. <laughs> of corporate and jobs. We're not prepared. Even in the military, we're not prepared. It is treacherous. There are alligators and polar bears right beside each other and and piranha and like everything is coming for us we're like as strong women we are not prepared to navigate it and once we get to a certain level of senior leadership we not only have the responsibilities in leadership now we have the responsibility for being the one in our families too and those two worlds collide and in the middle is our suffering our silent 
screams and suffering soul. Mm-hmm. And and then stuff is going to start popping off on both ends when you don't get the promotion that you asked for that, you know, you have family members, close family members that pass away. You can't adequately mourn um, really because now you're not allowed to be vulnerable in both places in your personal life and in your per- your your uh, professional life. Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's uh, vision finders has really helped me to have a safe space in order to be able to, as I say, let my eyes leak because I don't like to cry. Yeah, yeah. You like you ain't Yeah, I ain't crying. My eyes are just leaking. So as you as you were going through the program, you started to acknowledge the baggage because we are masters at compartmentalizing stuff. We don't unpack nothing. We dragging all of it with us. And that's what creates your eyes to start leaking because you're starting to release. You're acknowledging what you're carrying and then you're consciously letting it go. And the and the crying is just a release of that pressure that's been built up for, you know, over the past, couple, oh, I would say over the past 40, 50 years or whatever your lifetime is. So what what's one thing I would say that you did to assist you with releasing some of your baggage that you can share with some of the women today? So uh, a couple of things that um, I did that was helpful for me. One, I had to acknowledge that I wasn't living my life. You know, I was living, you know, some representation of a life that, you know, certain members of my family had, you know, said this is the way it's supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, I. I don't know how many of you, you know, did did this, but, you know, you went to school all week and on the weekend you spent the time cleaning the house (laughs) and then, you know, Sunday you go to church and Monday you started all over again. And that was what my life was, even in adulthood. That did not bring me joy. That's not how I wanted to spend my weekends or anything like that. And, you know, work hard all week. And then Saturday, you're cleaning the house, you're running the errands, Sunday, you go to church, and then you do it all over again. There was no respite, no rest time, no reflection time, no any of that. And so one of the things I did was I got a housekeeper. I'm like, I I don't like it. I ain't doing it. So there. (laughs) Uh, I got got her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Alina. Uh, so thankful for her every every week um and then also chef Rody. i love chef Rody because yes we got a personal chef because i work too many hours and i just i'm not doing it not that i can't cook i just that's not how that's not how i want to spend my time and my time is valuable and precious to me so i am choosing how i want to spend my time and investing in the things that matter and make my life easier so those are two things that i did I made my life easier uh, and then the other thing was the forgiveness work. I think that was the most pivotal aspect for me was the forgiveness work um, that had a cellular impact on me um, in working through that process. And I think that I thought I had done the forgiveness aspects, um, but it, I had did it at the surface level. I hadn't gone really had gone deep enough with it. And in some cases, I thought that, oh, I knew I, I don't want to have this conversation <laughs> because I, I already had this conversation. I know how this conversation is going to go. The person's not going to be receptive. And so why am I going to waste my time doing that? Because they're just going to piss me off. <laughs> and I remember that week and you you can't you showed up that week. <laughs> I was like, oh, heck. <laughs> and uh, Raquel was like, listen. We've been on this thing for seven weeks. When you gonna let it go? 
I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done before the eighth week. I'm going to be set free. I, I promise. And it was actually very cathartic. Um, I I had to write write it out in a letter form, um, which made it easier for me because then I can stay on script and not derail myself in having the conversation. Um, but I went to my massage. You know, don't give up the massages. <laughs> after doing the things the, the forgiveness work and my massage therapist was like um ma'am what have you been doing because the knots that she had been working out of me consistently habitually for five years were nowhere to be found they were not even present and she was like whatever it is you did you need to keep doing it i'm like i'm running out of people to forgive <laughs> But that those are the two things. It was, you know, being vulnerable enough to have to do the forgiveness work, but also, you know, sitting down and prioritizing my time and how I wanted to spend my time in ways that bring me joy. So let's talk about this, uh, this cooking and cleaning, right? Mm -hmm. Because I remember, I think, I don't know if it was me that brought it up, because that's my thing. I, Christy Rutherford lives by herself. Um, I, my lady's coming today at five o'clock. She was like, oh, Chris, Miss Chrissy, I got to work this week. Can I come late? Yes. Yes. Chrissy Rutherford ain't folding clothes. I need my folds. I need the laundry. I need the stuff folded and put in the drawers properly. Why am I mopping? And, you know, I'll keep the dishes or whatever. And I got five loads of clothes that I have not folded. They waiting for her to, to come and fold. And then I need to get a, you know, I had a meal prep person. I'm looking for them. Like I just need to come in here and have somebody wash my dishes every day and cook. I just, I just, I, can't, I don't have time. And it's not that I can't because, because the sister can burn, right? It's like, what is the highest and best use of my time now? Not what I am taught to do at a young age to be everything to, you know, my partner that's in the house. Cause I did that last week when my friend came, I was like, hold up. To cook, clean, wash clothes. This is crazy. Where's the cleaner lady at? Like, I, I need this every day. How do you feel about a personal chef and a, <laughs> and a cleaner lady? Because this right here is a sampling of what can happen, but it ain't going to happen. So, fabulous. How did that change the dynamics? Because a lot of times you would think, oh, my husband expects for me to do these things and, and cook and clean because I'm the woman and I'm the woman in the house and I'm the wife. How did that change your relationship with him um, when you started to outsource those things? So first of all, we stopped arguing about who was cooking dinner. <laughs> um, I'm like, well, you know, you the chef, you know, just do that. Right. You know, but for him, it's like, I don't want to be the one doing it every single day. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not how our life is set up. And, but getting that removed that as as a barrier to conversation, right? It was no longer an argument. We knew we, we were sitting down talking about what we wanted Frody to cook next week um, because it's nice to have her, you know, tell her these are the things we want to eat. She does the grocery shopping. She comes in. She takes over the kitchen. She cooks everything. She cleans up what she leaves. And, you know, it's magical. Uh, and it saves not only me time, but it saves him time as well. Now he's able to focus that time and energy elsewhere. So um, you talked about the forgiveness piece. 
Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, I don't know if you're willing to share it. You can be like, I don't want to talk about that. You do you want to talk about that? You know, we ain't got to talk about it, but I want to talk about it. it. I have I have nothing to hide. I'm gonna talk about it. So <laughs> you had to, and because this is the thing about mom guilt, I see it mm-hmm. on LinkedIn all the time where you have the moms of the younger kids. Mama's busy coming home to, you know, I got to go kill the pig and I got to bring home the bacon. And there are sacrifices to, there are sacrifices and there are unintended consequences in our pursuit of executive level success. Point mm-hmm. blank, period. Yes. In all relationships, whether you're single and it's relationships that with your family, the relationship with yourself, the relationship that you want to have, you know, you can't necessarily put into I would say, you know, relationships, uh, romantic relationships, because you're giving everything to work. And then for the women who are married, it's it's hard to be the 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 worker, the worker be woman, right? Because kids don't care. My niece has no chill. She'll walk in the middle of a keynote at twelve thirty in the morning, talk asking me about some donuts. I was like, what? How did this baby get out to bed, right? So, but it's the can I stop in the middle of a paid keynote? with China to tell the baby, you need to go back a bit. So what, what were some of the things that were lingering that you tied up, you know, I would say through this program, because your kids are adults now. So yeah. what was, what was that dynamic? And I would say the realization, then the work and then the conversation and then the byproduct of that. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting because working through my own forgiveness exercise, what bubbled up in me was, oh, my Lord, you know, I need to I need to ask my kids for their forgiveness because mama was on the road a lot. Um, You know, and I made it to soccer matches and events and all those types of things. But there were a lot of things that I did miss. And, you know, I I probably was more of a drill sergeant at times than it wasn't very uh, affectionate and loving and all those types of things. It's like, okay, you got a boo-boo, get up, dust it off, and let's go now. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time to be kissing that. Let's go. Just mark. like there are six of them. And like it's a whole, it's a whole battalion. <laughs> like, shoot. Like, let's go. Let's get it together. So um it was. It was interesting for me to have that that dialogue and that conversation with them for, you know, them to say, you know, my oldest son was like, look, you were who you needed to be. And and we appreciate that. You know, we we are where we are because you were who you were Um, and hearing those types of things. You know, you're the captain of the ship. You know, you ran a tight ship and we're, we're thankful for that. Um, you know, and just knowing that hearing from them that they appreciated the mom that I was, they understood the sacrifices that I was making and the reason behind them. Um, but you never know that until you are willing to have that conversation and that dialogue with them. And, and I think that's the key, right? Because you can carry that guilt of like, once you start to realize you're always going to carry the guilt of, I could have done something different. I could have been better. I could have given more. And had I did this, maybe they would be this. And so now to have that, you know, to clean out your closets, it gave you the capacity to now have a meaningful conversation that you really needed. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I'm really grateful for having had that conversation. I don't know if I would have, if it hadn't been from, for going through, this program. Yeah. 
So what, what, how is the, did that change anything between, you know, you and your kids or did that just change your perspective of how you thought you showed up and you just got the truth of how they see you? What, which, which one was it? It was more the latter. It, it was really, it changed my perception of how they saw me and it really kind of gave me um, the truth of how they saw me as mom. And so it really was like, okay, whew, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> they don't want to be in somebody else's house. Good. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, so since you've been, I don't know, were you traveling like what you're doing right now or what do you, I mean, did you just start a show? I'm just trying to, I'm confused. Oh, you know, I'll be only there to my mind. God, this lady is everywhere. Were you traveling like that before or was your joy different or are you now just posting it? I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Cox Travel Adventures over here. Dana, stay somewhere. I'd be like, don't you have a job, girl? Ain't you in an executive leadership position? Yeah. And she taking all of her vacation time. Do you hear me? Listen, when I leave Croatia, I won't have a vacation day left. Okay. That was the other thing. Like I wasn't taking vacation. I was taking time, but I wasn't taking vacation. And when I did take vacation, and my husband can attest to this, I was working on vacation. My and if my team is online, they they will probably tell you I was working on vacation. They'd be like, "Can you stop sending emails? Aren't you supposed to be on the ocean liner somewhere?" I now listen. I have no issues when we are done with the work day today. The work phone is going off. They don't have to worry about me sending any emails, calling anybody while I'm on vacation. And most of the time when they are doing my bad behavior, my old bad behaviors, I am emailing them going, can you stop working? You're supposed to be on vacation. Go spend time with your family. We got this. So, um, yes, I'm using all my vacation times. <laughs> so, you know, besides because we all work because we think that our jobs need us. Does that make sense? And they, that our team can't live without us and that we are the integral part that holds it all together. Like we're the spoke in the wheel that everybody has to rotate around. So we're not taking vacation and be crazy. We're not taking vacation and we're nasty. We're not taking a vacation and we're exhausted. And that's not serving anybody. And so go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, that's the lie we tell ourselves. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lie we tell ourselves. At the end of the day, you can work as hard as you want to. You kill over dead, they're going to they gonna send your family some flowers. Yeah, they maybe. might plant a tree in your honor and they're going to post your job. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So you need to live your life right now. So that's Dana. That's one. Okay. Let me just, that. that's two. This lady. Y'all follow her on LinkedIn. Look at this. I, I just be scrolling through. There go another one. This is insane. Hold on. Two more. Not, not just one more. Two more. There she go. This is only thin. You know, people be looking, scowling. Wait. Her and her husband actually happy. How long y'all been married? 30 years. And y'all actually happy. So you was in, up in my inbox <clears throat> talking one day. Tell me, you feel like you're just living for the first time. Hold on. There go another one. <laughs> just follow her for the inspiration to traveling. So you said, you said, you were stalking me, that you feel like <laughs> that you're, you're living for the very first time. What, what, um, I would just say, give us a little bit more clarifying information on that. What does that mean to you? 
really taking the being fully present, not really focusing on the past, not really focusing on the future, but the here and the now, being fully present in the here and the now, and just having every experience, the fullness of every experience. Um, that's not something that I was doing before. And, you know, the sights of things, the smells of things, the tastes of things are really clear for me. And that's new. It's definitely new. Um, also, I would say just doing what makes me happy. Like that's lit. That's a part of living. Like it's not like, oh, I can't, I can't go to that or do this because I need to do this work thing. And don't get me wrong. My work gets done. Um, but I'm doing that within work hours. I'm not working till midnight. Like I used to like eight in the morning at midnight. Um, unless I have a call with Australia, um, but it's compartmentalized now. It's really more uh, focused work time and then focused lifetime. And so it's really being deliberate and intentional with how I'm spending my time um, and making sure that I'm living on purpose. I am living on purpose. What's your, you know, when I think about people who talk about work-life balance is myth and it's a lie, and I'm like, just don't, don't, no, you just haven't figured it out. Stop saying what's not possible for everybody because you haven't done it. Right. So let's talk about work-life balance. You said it so good. I won't, I don't know if you just heard yourself when you say I got the work stuff and then I got the home. I didn't write it down because I wouldn't have work-life balance. Talk about, you know, what work-life balance, what you thought it was before January and what you know it to be today. You know, I don't know if I even had a definition for it, Christy, before January. I was probably one of those people going, I don't think this is possible. Um, what, what do you mean work-life balance is a myth? Um, I hadn't really realized it. Now I know what it is. I, even though I'm working at home, I have a home office and I go into the office and I close the door, I'm at work. When I leave the office and I close the door, I am not at work. I am done working. It is time for me to focus in on, okay, honey, what are we doing today? Uh, you know. If he's going to work, me and me and Beauregard, Bo the Beagle, we hang out, we do something fun, or I get together with friends or by myself. It just I spend my evenings how I want to spend my evenings. How has this changed your relationship? Because you've been married for somebody for thirty years. That's a long time. That's a long time, baby. Like you know, and now y'all actually look happy. So how has that changed the dynamics, I would say, in your house and in your relationship with you living in the moment? Because we we used to wake up on Monday and wish it was Friday. Or we're looking forward to the next federal holiday. You know, we're living our life for the break that we get as opposed to creating a great life that we don't want to escape, mm -hmm. right? How has, that, how has that changed your marriage? Or has it changed at all? It has. My husband is a very um, present guy. So he's always been like present in the moment, having a good time. He's never met a stranger. He's that person. And I'm like, I don't know them people. I'm talking to, <laughs> I'm talking to people. I'm definitely different now because we met strangers today. We met straight. We must be strangers all the time, and then we we become friends with them. So I see a lot of him rubbing off on me lately. I'm like, oh, this is what I've been missing. So, um, but I like him, and he likes me. Can you tell? <laughs> Can you tell? Um, best blind date of my life. Um, you know, he was a blind date 30 years ago, and. Uh, never stop dating. I think that's also the other thing. It's like we actually continue to enjoy each other's company. Um, 
we're definitely yin and yang, um, but we benefit each other. We balance each other out. And uh, doing this program and living in the moment now allows me to really be present with him. Where before it was just, I was like, we need to do this. We, the checklist, Run it, still running it, still being the captain. <laughs> Still being the captain, he like these kids is gone, and I am a battalion of one. Leave me alone. <laughs> you be like, no, they they go, calm down. You be like, no, I've been I've been locked in it for twenty years. I can't come out. I can't. I can't stop. I, I can't. I can't stop. I don't know how to stop. This is it. This yeah. is it. So, all right, last question. Let's get to the point of the. Uh, of the interview, the whole title of the interview, right? Is like when I put up a post today where I talked about 10 years ago, I ran for my life. And I think about it, you know, on occasion, I've ran for my life, baby. Do you hear me? Either I was going to run for my life, I was going to die. And so I've gotten to the point, I think I had a couple of weeks ago where I was like, you know, I'm glad I didn't retire because if I would have retired, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, if I wouldn't, if I would have retired, I wouldn't be doing the work, you know, with you all phenomenal fantastic badass as unicorn riding women like sometimes we think that when things are falling apart they're actually falling into place if you can capture you know the goodness of what's happening because it's not all bad the things that fall apart are the lies that we tell ourselves the things that fall apart when things are falling apart is the being a hostage to to, to people and to situations that we no longer desire when things are falling apart, what's falling apart are the lies that we tell ourselves that we're happy when we're actually miserable. And so we have an opportunity when when life pushes up the, us up against the wall is like either we can continue to fight for the life that's not making us happy or we can we can surrender to God's plan, which is peace, joy, serenity, you know, and happiness. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, is it a midlife crisis or is it, you know, the soul's waking? And I think they're I think they're one and the same. You just choose which one you're going to attach your attach your 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 legacy to. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting because I had a former colleague um, ask me if I was going through a midlife crisis, and I was like, uh, "No." And if and if this is what a midlife crisis looks like, then everybody should have one. <laughs> it's pretty much where I'm at. Um, I think it's all in a matter of perspective, right? As with anything, it's how you choose to look at it. Um, and I, I think often we we like to look at things from a negative perspective, glass half empty versus glass half full. And it's a matter of how you choose to to look at things and, and what you think about is what you bring about and and how you speak about things. It's you know, we talk about not being lazy in our language, uh, but those are um everything that you say, everything that you think is all has to do with how the life that you're living is going to end up being. Um, so making sure that you are in alignment, right, with that, your thoughts, your words, your deeds align up with, with the life you want to have. Yeah, I think a larger part is, you know, when, when you mess around and become happy. Start chasing waterfalls start chasing waterfalls, have peace. It makes people uncomfortable because you've broken the mold. You've shifted the conversation. You made them uncomfortable because they at your desk and you swing in on a swing in Bali with a, with a long dress on, right? 
it's like they're still caught in the rat race and you over there tilting your head like the boot like buddha says when you realize how perfect everything is you'll tilt your head back and laugh at the sky and you you tilting your head back and laughing at the sky did you know that was the quote the quote should have went from that one but you know it's like and and people are still sitting in their same right they're still sitting in their complacency they're still sitting in their complaining and you over there catching joy so it's like are you having a midlife crisis well i'm actually yes the crisis is i want to live the rest of my dam life as the best of my life um all right, so if y'all want to join us, y'all can join me tomorrow at my event at levelupwithchrissy.com. See how I switched to my commercial voice? <laughs> well, I think it's so one thing I would say is don't allow the process, right? The fear of the process to punk you out of your blessing. Mm. Uh, many of us have spent our lives as spectators, sitting on the sidelines, watching life pass us by, or we're hesitating and not doing anything out of fear of mm. um, intimidity. You can choose those two, or you can choose to be an initiator and initiate the life you want to have. Okay. What advice do you have for women who are, are on the sideline, you know, thinking whether or not they want to work, you know, with Vision Finder International? Because we, we over here, uh, we killing the game over here in these streets. But that's just my opinion. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. VFM is killing the game. <laughs> They're only killing the game. Uh, I would say, you know, Fear is nothing more than contaminated faith, right? And you cannot have a desire for for a wonderful life and be too afraid to go after it. Um, you can, a lot of times we say things, we do things that cancel out the, the blessings that we've been praying for. Um, get off the sideline. If it's not vision finder, do something, but do something. Initiate your life that you want to have. And in order to do that, you have to do something. What you've been doing it ha has gotten you here, but it may not be serving you very well. So do mm -hmm. something else. Yeah. To get something else. Yeah, that's good. All right, Dana, you are amazing. I'm going to let you go back to your vacationness. Uh, Y'all go to levelupwithchrissy.com. Uh, join us on my event tomorrow, How to Calculate Your Value in the Market. We're going to talk about money, but we want to talk about peace. I mean, I like the money. Well, what's the point of getting the money if you're still crazy? You know, like people inbox me and they be like, oh, I used your advice and, and I got a raise. I'd be like, but are you still crazy though? I mean, I, li I like the money part, but I mean, now come over here and let's go get this piece because my firm belief is what's the point of getting more money if you still getting, you know, eight massages a month? You know, what's the point of getting more money if you still drill sergeant in your house, getting on your husband's nerves because the kids are going, you'd be like, my God, this lady just walked in the house. And I'm not saying that he did that, but is like what's the point of getting more money if you um you know you're still carrying under an undercurrent of guilt for not being the perfect of what you may feel is the perfect mom and you can't even have the conversation so you're taking that stuff you know with you and you're dragging that baggage around so i appreciate you don't hang up uh so you got the women giving you shouts out negli andra and everybody so uh thank you rockstar for joining us i know your time is precious especially since you're on vacation and expensive so um y'all have a great weekend level up with chrissy.com y'all join us and take care 
Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now, all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.